This is Psalm 119, 162 through 168. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your, statute, your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes, for all my ways are known to you. There is an ancient call to sanctify the hours of our day. It has roots in, our, in the Jewish faith and also in our Christian community, early on in the, in the Christian communities, and then also during the desert fathers and mothers who kept our faith alive. This ancient call to sanctify the hours is referred to as the liturgy of the hours, or maybe the uh, divine hours, the daily office. It goes by many names. But the practice of pausing to sanctify the, the hours of our day comes from the psalmist's words that Anne just read. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. And perhaps like me, you were raised in a tradition where reciting the daily office wasn't part or practiced. And even though my spiritual journey has brought me into more liturg liturgical traditions, it is difficult to find people to pray and sanctify the hours of the day. Currently, this practice is kept alive by monks and nuns and priests, although we only need to be faithful pilgrims desiring the presence of God to sanctify the hours. And tonight, I'm really glad we get to do this as a community of believers. But what does it mean to sanctify time? I believe it means three things. First, it means to acknowledge that our time and seasons are the work of God and that they are holy. In Genesis 1, we are told that God created time to give rhythm and cadence to our lives. It says, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. In the Genesis story of creation, we learn about the sacredness and the holiness of time itself. On the fourth day, God creates time. And then on the seventh day, God consecrates time. God finds all of creation to be good, but on the seventh day, God blesses the day and makes it holy. Where everything is proclaimed as good, God makes time with his people better than good. And you would think after creating everything in the world, God would make some place holy maybe a mountain or a forest or an altar where God would say, this is where you will encounter my presence. This is where you will find me. And maybe that place would become a holy sanctuary and maybe later a beautiful cathedral. 
But God, in the beginning, did not make a place holy. God made time holy because time is where we encounter God's presence. So to sanctify time means to agree and to participate with God by setting time aside exclusively by being present, resting, and delighting in his presence that's always available to us. Secondly, to sanctify time also means to acknowledge that Christ is not confined to history. He is here, present with each of us right now. The New Testament is full of promises that Christ remains with us and in us. Let me give you three examples from the New Testament. I am with you always to the end of the age, Matthew 28, 20. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you, John 14, 17. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Matthew 18, 20. Now, I agree, it's difficult to live every moment of our day with the awareness that Christ is abiding with us. Humans, unfortunately, suffer from spiritual amnesia, and our moments are not really tasted. They're not really enjoyed, and so maybe we're not really full. If the now moment has never filled our spiritual bellies, we will always be clinging to the past or grasping at the future, imagining that the next thing will fulfill that, that emptiness that we want to fill and that we crave. But when we are able to experience the presence of Christ in this moment and taste and enjoy his presence, we don't need to cling or grasp for time. And here is a simple litmus, a litmus test for you. If you're pushing yourself or others around you to work more, to achieve more, to do more, to be more, perhaps you have not tasted the presence of Christ that fully satisfies. I'm definitely guilty of this myself pushing myself through the grind of the day instead of allowing the presence of Christ to dwell with me in every present moment. But throughout the day, whenever you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, instead of working harder and pushing more, I would suggest just pause and take a soul breath. I call it a soul breath because a couple of years ago, my husband, Chip, gifted me this Apple Watch. And the first time I wore it, it surprised me because it buzzed me and it said, you need to breathe. <laughs> and I thought, that's interesting. Most of our technology tells us to be more efficient with time, and yet this piece is telling me to slow down and to pause and breathe. And I liked it at first. It gives me two notifications, by the way. The first one's mid-morning, which is pretty good, but the second one is during witching hour. <laughs> And witching hour, if you're a parent, you know is when your kids are losing their minds right before dinner and their demands are greater and the energy of the house is higher and you have to go harder and you're having to meet all of these expectations. And my watch is telling me to pause and breathe. I have declined that invitation many times. It's countercultural to pause. It's countercultural to slow down. For the most part, no one applauds us when we pause from working. 
Applause comes from working overtime, going beyond the call of duty, meeting deadlines. But what if we approached time as a sacrament? What if this river of time that we all stand in was a means of receiving divine grace each second of our day? Saints have called this the sacrament of the present moment. As a sacrament, time is not meant to be anticipated or clung to. It's merely the medium by which we receive grace moment by moment. And in this way, time can be transformed into something we fear or need to control into a loving companion and a mentor. When we sanctify the hours of our day, we are agreeing that God created time and said that it's holy. And we're also acknowledging that Christ is with us in this present moment. He is not confined to history. And lastly, to sanctify our time means that there is nothing unrelated to the presence of God. God is actively in this moment and creation is mediating his presence, or as Paul states, he is not very far from us. Time is the practical moment-by-moment -moment medium in which people actually seek and find God. As believers, we have a deep sense of comfort knowing that God, though timeless and eternal himself, has stepped into time with us. I love what N.T. Wright states in the way of the Lord regarding this view of time. He says, the God we know in Jesus claims the entire world and all its nations as his own. And wherever God is worshiped, in an igloo in Antarctica, or in a mud hut on the equator, or in a mighty cathedral, or in a slum hospital. In that spot, God's, in God's created space, as well as another moment of God's created time, is quietly claimed as his own. I like this quote because it reminds me that any illusion of separateness from the presence of God is just that. It's just an illusion. And that illusion becomes weaker and weaker when we pause to pray and sanctify time. But we have to remember that prayer isn't primarily words. It's an attitude. It's a posture. It's a way of being in relationship with God. And that's why the psalmist says that he praises God seven times a day. It's why Paul says to pray unceasingly. If we read that as something to be achieved, it is impossible. There's too many things to be done within the 24 hours of our day. But we can pray unceasingly if we stand in this river of time with presence. And we allow that river of time to flow around us, the currents tugging at us, but we allowed it to be with a, a posture of being with God in that moment, in the river of time. And I hope that this time together will be like that, as we all stand in this river together, that we can consecrate this time together in prayer. As we transition now into a corporate time of prayer, 
There will be two separate times of silence, and I will indicate that by ringing the bell in just a minute. I love using the bell because the bell has always been a way to call all peoples of all faiths to prayer. The reverberation connects us to something ancient yet familiar. And when we hear the bell, we can imagine it as an invitation from the beloved. And when we answer the bell, we are proclaiming by our actions that there is an even greater love than the work or the service we are performing. So I will ring the bell now to enter into a time of silence, and then there will be a prompt up on the screen there that you can meditate on or you can pray in silence as you, as you feel led. <laughs> 